And once again, we welcome you back to Moving Forward with Young Voices here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Happy to reach across the Atlantic to our friend Connor Tomlinson, who joins us. Hello, Connor. Hello from Alcatraz, Brian. How are you doing? (laughs) All right. We're going to have to go into some detail on this. Um, I was watching with great interest, and I saw where uh, the U.K. was was getting ready to experience Freedom Day, a lifting of lots of the the, some of the strictest COVID restrictions and lockdown restrictions and mandates that I think were imposed anywhere. How did Freedom Day go? Yeah, well, you're correct to say it's one of the strictest. I believe we were in the top five. I remember reading a Daily Mail article a little while ago. We were just behind Cuba, how how wonderfully progressive it was. <laughs> and we were meant to have Freedom Day, air quotes, completely oxymoronic term, because, of course, it's not meant to be that you have your freedoms afforded back to you, but there you go. That was meant to happen last month. And then we had an extension due to the uptaking cases of the dreaded Delta variant, of which the symptoms were expanded to include the sniffles at a time where nobody's had a cold or hay fever. Really robust, that is. Then it happened yesterday, and at 12 midnight, a bunch of people went out into clubs in Soho, all over London, whatnot, uh, uh, all over the nightlife venues, a bunch of really happy people, fantastic. And then at five o'clock, Boris, who's currently self-isolating in a rather large mansion in the middle of nowhere, because a little bit of background for a lot of viewers that don't understand this. We have an app system with our national healthcare service where if you have a positive test, um, you essentially put it on the app and then anyone else who is in contact with you relate to contact tracing. If they went to the same restaurant, if they were in the same gym within a sort of hour or whatever, they've got to self-isolate as well. So up to about a million people, um, Oh, no, more than that, sorry. A million school kids in the last couple of weeks stayed off school because whole classes have just been taken off and a bunch more people have done that. Funnily enough, Boris, uh, the Chancellor, and I believe the uh, Health Secretary all were going to exempt themselves from quarantine as part of a new pilot scheme which randomly selected people and just happened to select all the more important ministers. Obviously, that backfired, so he's gone into isolation. He decided to do a conference call at 5 o'clock and announced we've got vaccine passports on the exact day that we've got Freedom Day. And those vaccine passports on the website, it says they're voluntary, and in the same breath, he turns around and says, we don't want to have to close nightclubs again, so it's a social responsibility for them to adopt this. So essentially... The government will close your business unless you take papers on the door related to people's personal medical history. And unlike in Denmark, for example, which lots of people are saying, oh, that's a really lenient form of that because you can have a test. He said explicitly there is no testing. You have to be double jabbed by September or you cannot go to nightclubs. And he refused to rule it out for pubs, as has already happened in Denmark, as has already happened in France, launching all the protests. I'm sensing that you are not on board with this latest development. <laughs> would that, would that be slightly. accurate? Well, I've, uh, you know, given I've had no social life for 18 months, it hasn't been, um, I've been quite soured by this. But personally, I've got a stake in this as well as it just being a complete violation of principle and it being completely impractical, which I'm sure we'll cover at some point. I personally am one of the people that is strongly advised against getting the jab. Let's put it that way. Because over here, we had the AstraZeneca one, which had risk of blood clots, so they won't afford it to people under 30. I know the Johnson Johnson one had similar concerns over in the States, and we've imported that policy over here. So then we were offered the Pfizer. And the Pfizer, for people who have severe anaphylaxis, like me, I'm one of those people that if you get on a plane, they can't even set a Snickers bar, so you'll have to do an emergency landing because I'll die. I'm honestly gutted that none of my ex-girlfriends have tried to assassinate me by dropping nuts in my coffee, but that's on them. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, if I get the Pfizer one, it triggers an anaphylactic shock. And some of the medical advice boards have said, oh, it's all right, we'll have EpiPens on hand just in case. Well, there's that for people who have lower risk anaphylaxis. For people like me who is airborne, I'm more likely to die of the Pfizer vaccine than I am from COVID. And that is not a, a controversial medical misinformation statement. Um, so therefore, come September, even though I could go to a club 
tonight or a bar uh, if it gets extended there come September that window closes and I'm suddenly disbarred from participating in uh, in social life in, in public society and obviously the window there most people have said well why don't they just do it now if it's if it's so incredibly urgent and if the clubs are the super spreaders bear in mind clubs have been shut since last March not this year year before so I don't understand how there's a super spreader narrative going around where they haven't been open well, obviously, it's so that the window can act as a coercion technique and scare young people into getting the jab between now and when they've got flavour of freedom and September when it suddenly is retroactively revoked from them again. If I were in your shoes, I'd be pretty irritated, too. And, and what you're describing is I think it's it's happening to a lesser degree in other places, but this is something we have to pay attention to. I'm going to put you on the spot here, though, for a moment. Um Getting past this or getting to a point where this is not the norm or where this is not widely accepted and, and for that matter, obeyed is going to require winning some hearts and minds. So riddle me this. How do you reach people who are terrified and and being terrified by a steady diet of fear and, oh, we're all going to get it and we're going to die? We have to get the the vaccine. We have to carry proof. How do you reach them with without uh, without sounding like we're trying to beat the truth into them? Well, it's incredibly difficult, of course, because, as you said, a lot of people have been fed a steady diet of fear and sage. So, again, for the U.S. listeners, we have a council of unelected bureaucrats advising our government. There's a group called SAGE and there's a group called Independent SAGE. And it's essentially a scientific committee thinker demolition map. And what happens, we found out, is the woman running SAGE is a 30-year member of the British Communist Party. And the woman running Independent Sage is an anti-Brexit activist who is currently being dragged through court because she claimed that our election was hacked by the Russians, if anyone's heard that quite familiar mm. before. A little <laughs> bit of synergy there. Uh, and then obviously in the States, there's quite a lot of censoriousness with the latest uh, White House press briefing. I don't know if it's the latest. It might have been the seventh, actually, if I'm misremembering. But they had the Surgeon General on and they said they were going to deplatform medical misinformation. And yeah. that medical misinformation was categorized as the information we have best at the time. So that means I, I'm sure Fauci's going to have his Facebook account taken away for saying no masks and one mask and two masks and no masks. And they said it's going to happen across all platforms. So it's per person. And I had this conversation on talk radio a little while ago about um, social media ID that they were talking about here. So they could unify censorship if people said mean words on the internet quicker after the football has got a little bit of racist abuse online. It turns out most of those people were outside the UK, by the way. It was only five people with thousands of tweets. But we're going to gloss over that, throw all of our human rights away because of you know mean words on the internet. Wow. And I said at the time, it's going to mean that if you are unpersoned on one platform, you're unpersoned across all platforms because it's it's a merger of the information sector and the state, and it becomes very uniform, very Orwellian. Well, we're now seeing that not only with health, but we're also seeing that again with the state. If you speak against the the prevailing narrative of the health church, then you're banned from private society. You can't participate in online discourse. So when you say, of course, we've got to get that message out there, your shows like yours are incredibly important. Of course, we have talk radio in the UK. It's rather wonderful. But it's getting increasingly difficult when the Overton window of acceptable discourse is shifting beneath our feet and it's threatening to swallow us up. Oh, I think I think you've described the dilemma perfectly. Well, I'm grateful that there are voices like yours, though, that are, you know, stubborn, <laughs> driven. Oh. And, and I don't I don't see any sense that uh, you're about to throw your hands in the air and say, I, I can't do this. This is too hard. Well, I would hope not. I, I understand that they may be bringing in, fingers crossed, some form of exemption, but that does not change the principle of the matter that our relationship between 
state and citizen has fundamentally changed. I mean, for example, I, I know in the States, obviously, your constitution is a, a wonderful document. We don't have a written constitution in the UK. It's more sort of implied. And you just sort of have to hope that the monarchy doesn't intervene in political matters. And there's an understanding that, that the parliament treats every man's house as his castle, essentially. But we were the birthplace of the American ideal. So you'd think that we'd have some form of form of lineage. But instead, rather than the state protecting the citizen, it has now become of the citizen must protect the NHS, which is an arm of the state. And the problem is when the citizen owns a state a debt, the state can come and collect it in any way it sees fit. So I obviously pledge a lot of people don't take this lying down. Hopefully there's some lawsuits that come against this. The problem is it's appealing to some very left-wing courts in the UK that were set up in the 90s by a Labour government. And it's also appealing to things like the UN, who have on the human rights board, let's say, not the best human rights track or holding countries. Um, so there, I know there are a bunch of anti-lockdown protests happening across London, across English cities. Hopefully that changes something. Um, I don't wish to be bleak, but as you said, it's very important that we continue to speak out and, and show that these violations are going on. I got to throw some respect to the direction of your neighbors in France, too. Um, yes. They, they are not taking those vaccine passports, you know, with a smile. Oh, OK, whatever. Man, they were out by the hundreds of thousands over the weekend. Yes. And there was also this comes hot off the heels of, if a lot of people don't know, a lot of generals had signed letters to Macron saying you are not strong enough on the cultural disintegration of our society. We do not want to have to ramp up tensions. Obviously, everyone wants to avoid some kind of violent revolution, etc. Um, so they, the politicians need to be very careful of provoking people who aren't like us and won't sit there and discuss things. Because the, when people feel that they aren't heard, the recourse, the only path of recourse they think they can get is very dangerous. All right. We've been talking with Connor Tomlinson, Young Voices contributor and stalwart in the UK. I, I appreciate <laughs> everything you're doing, Connor. Thank you. I appreciate having me on, Brian. Always, always a pleasure.